The Swiss Family Robinson, Chapter Eleven, The Settling in the Great Tree. I had thought it necessary to keep watch during this first night. Every leaf that stirred gave me the apprehension that it was the approach of a jackal or a tiger who might attack us. And soon, as one of the heaps was consumed, I lighted another, and at length, finding that no animal appeared, I by degrees became assured and fell into a sound sleep. The next morning, we took our breakfast and fell to work. My wife, having finished her daily occupation of milking the cow and preparing the breakfast, set off with Ernest, Jack, and Francis, attending by the ass to the seashore. They had no doubt of finding some more pieces of wood, and they thought it would be prudent to replenish our exhausted store. In her absence, I ascended the tree with Fritz and made the necessary preparations for my undertaking. For which I found it in every respect convenient, for the branches grew close to each other and in an exactly horizontal direction, such as grew in a manner to obstruct my design. I cut off either with the saw or hatchet, leaving none but what presented me with a sort of foundation for my work. I left those which spread themselves evenly upon the trunk and had the largest circuit as a support for my floor. Above these, at the height of forty-six feet, I found others upon which to suspend our hammocks. And higher still, there was a further series of branches destined to receive the roof of my tent, which for the present was to be formed of nothing more than a large surface of sailcloth. The progress of these preparations was considerably slow. It was necessary to raise certain beams to this height of forty feet that were too heavy for my wife and her little assistants to lift from the ground. I had, however, the resource of my pulley, which served to excellent purpose, and Fritz and I contrived to draw them up to the elevation of the tent, one by one. While, while I had already placed two beams upon the branches, I hastened to fix my planks upon them, and I made my floor double, that it might have sufficient solidity if the beams should be warped from their places. I then formed a wall of staves of wood like a park paling, all round for safety. This operation and a third journey to the seashore to collect the timber necessary filled our morning so completely that not one of us had thought about dinner. For this once we contented ourselves with a bit of ham and some milk, which we eat and returned to finish our aerial palace, which began to make an imposing appearance. We unhooked our hammocks from the projecting roots and by means of my pulley contrived to hoist them up the tree. The sailcloth roof was supported by the thick branches above, and as it was of great compass a hunt and hung down on every side, the idea occurred to me of nailing it to the paling on two sides, thus getting not only a roof but two walls also, the manse trunk of the tree forming a third side, while in the fourth was the entrance to our apartment, and in this I had left a large aperture 
both as a means of seeing what passed without and admitting a current of air to cool us in this burning temperature. We also on this side enjoyed an extensive view of the vast ocean and its lengthening shore. The hammocks were soon hung on the branches and everything was ready for our reception that very evening. Well satisfied with the execution of my plan, I descended with Fritz who had assisted me throughout the whole. And as the day was not far advanced, and I observed we had still some planks remaining, we set about contriving a large table to be placed between the roots of the tree, and surrounded with benches, and this place, we said, should be called our dining parlor. For this time we performed our task imperfectly, for I confess I was much fatigued. The table, however, was as such as might be well endured, and my wife expressed her approbation as she looked on, busied with preparations for our supper. In the meantime, the three youngest boys collected all the pieces of wood we had thrown down from the tree, and a quantity of small wood to dry in a heap at a small distance from our fair place. Exhausted by the fatigues of the day, I threw myself on a bank, and my wife having seated herself near me, I thanked her for the tender care she was ever imposing on herself. And then I observed to her that the many blessings we enjoyed led the thoughts naturally to the beneficent giver of them all. And tomorrow, being a Sabbath day, we would rest from work and otherwise keep it holy. We then summoned our young family and prepared them for the intended solemnity. I called their recollection to the nature of the Sabbath day, to the gratitude due from us to an almighty being, who had saved and comforted us in the hour of peril, and the duty of our prayers and acknowledgments. I informed them that after performing with them the service of the church, I would read to them a prayer I had composed for the occasion, and to which I had given the name of the parable of the great king. The children expressed their approbation of what I had said, each in his own way, and we now assembled round our table to supper. My wife holding in her hand an earthen pot which we had before observed upon the fire, and the contents of which we were all curious to be informed of. She took off the cover, and with a fork drew out of it the flamingo which Fritz had killed. She informed us that she had preferred dressing it this way to roasting, because Ernest had assured her that it was an old bird, which would prove hard and tough, and had advised her to improve it by stewing. We rallied our glut on the spoiled of his character, and his brothers gave him the name of the cook. We, however, had soon reason to know that he had conferred upon us an important obligation for the bird which roasted we perhaps should not have been able to touch now appeared excellent and was eaten up to the very bones while we were enjoying our repast the live flamingo stalked up to the place where we were sitting in the midst of our flock of fowls to receive his part of the repast he had now become so tame that we had released him from the stake he took his walks gravely from place to place and looked perfectly contented with his company. His fine plumage was a most pleasing sight, while on the other hand, the supportive tricks and the grimaces of our little monkey afforded the most agreeable spectacle imaginable. The little animal had become quite familiar with us, jumped from the shoulder of one to that of another, always caught adroitly the meat we threw to him, 
and ate it in so pleasant a way as to make us laugh heartily. The boys now, by my direction, lighted one of the heaps of wood. We tied long ropes loosely round the necks of our dogs, proposing to mount to our tent with the ends in my hand, that I might be able to let them loose upon the enemy at the first barking I should hear. Everyone was eager to retrieve, to retire, to rest, and the signal for ascending the ladder was given. The three eldest boys were up in an instant. Then came their mother's turn, who proceeded slowly and cautiously, and arrived in perfect safety. My own ascension was last and most difficult, for I carried little Francis on my back, and the end of the ladder had been loosened at the bottom, that I might be able to draw it up in the tent during the night. Every step, therefore, was made in the greatest difficulty, in consequence of its swinging motion. At last, however, I got to the top, and to the admiration of the boys, drew the ladder after me. It appeared to them that we were in one of the strong castles of the ancient cavaliers, in which were it when the drawbridge is raised, the inhabitants are secured from every attack of the enemy. Notwithstanding this apparent safety, I kept our guns in readiness for whatever event might require their use. We now abandoned ourselves to repose, our hearts experienced a full tranquillity, and the fatigue we had all undergone induced so sound a sleep that daylight shone full in the front of our habitation before our eyes had opened.